Praise God. So when we talk about the ministry of God's word, um, like I said, the word of God is the most important thing in the house of God. All right? I'll tell you this, and I hope you're paying attention, because this will change your life. Once, once you just pay attention and you hear exactly what God wants you to hear today, your life will never be the same. Amen? Tell your neighbor, your life will never be the same. Yeah. One of the reasons why you must pay attention to the word of God is because when God wants to do anything in the life of a human being, he sends his word. When God wants to touch a human being, he sends his word. And when we talk about the character of the word of God, when we, when we look at how the word of God is, is um, firstly, you must understand, the Bible says the word of God, that his word shall not return unto him void, right? In other words, that's, that's, that's in Isaiah 55 verse 11. It says, what that means is, the word of God won't be sent to you and... Uh, and then once sent to you, it, it won't go back to him until it accomplishes everything that God has sent it for. Are we together? It means the word of God carries a testimony back to God about what it has done. And if it has not done anything, it does not return to him. I don't know if you understand that. It means once God's word comes, I remember that there have been times when I have been praying to God, asking him for something. And this, I mean, I mean, let's say something material, all right? And maybe in my praying and asking God for something material, I find myself at a place where God gives me his word and tells me manifest it. Maybe you didn't understand that. Assuming, let's say, you are praying to God, God tells you, or you're praying to God to, to give you shoes, right? The people here who need new shoes. <laughs> Women always need new shoes. <laughs> they can have 50, they want more. It's amazing. <laughs> so, assuming, let's say, you are praying to God and you need, you need shoes, and he gives his word until you manifest the shoes. Now, if you don't know what to do with the word of God, you think God hasn't answered you. That's how God answers a lot of prayers. He can give you his word and it's your job to actually work out that word and bring to reality the thing you're believing him for. Are we together? There are a number of people who've believed God for healing and God gave them the word. And when they received the word of God, they saw no change in their body and they thought they were not healed. I'm getting somewhere. All right? So, the word of God does not fail. That's something you must understand. There is no failing. Just like it is not in the ability of a cat to bark. That's for a dog, right? You don't expect, if you, find, if you ever found a cat barking, how would you react? <laughs> Just barks at you. <laughs> He would run. Mm -hmm. Africans would just say, blood of Jesus. <laughs> you understand, right? So the same way it's not in the character of a cat. It's not in the nature of a cat to, to bark. It's not in the nature of God's word to fail. God's word has no capacity in it to fail. 
God's word carries success in it. And there is something, if there's something you must also understand is that the fact that the word of God is called a seed in the scriptures. It's referred to as a seed, right? When Jesus was teaching about the parable of the sower, he referred to his word as a seed. Now, when you look at a seed, a seed has got life in it. You understand that, right? A seed has got life in it. In other words, you can't bury a seed and celebrate that it's dead. <laughs> you get it? You can't bury a seed and they're celebrating that it's dead. It will shock you. Because there is life in that seed. And one of the reasons why the word of God is referred to as a seed is because the word of God carries in itself life. The word of God has got life in itself. What that means is, God doesn't give life to the word. The word carries life in itself. Maybe you don't understand what that means. <laughs> Just like, you know, Jesus was, no, was never given life. Jesus was born with life. I don't know if you get that point, but we'll just, I'll let it stick. Those who understand it have understood it. <laughs> he was born with it. And he had the right to give it to whoever, to whoever he pleased. All right? So, there are certain things that you must do with the word of God and the certain things that the word of God must do to you. So today we'll look at maybe, uh, I want to see which, which one to pick. Maybe what the word of God could, will do to you. And then maybe next week you can see what you will do with the word of God. I said maybe, if I come with another sermon, don't hold me to it. <laughs> I don't want to hear things. No, pastor, but you said. <laughs> so we'll look at some of the things God's word will do to you if you apply the word of God. And you must be willing to apply the word of God in every area of your life. Every single area of your life must be, you must have the word of God that working in, in every area. If, there's, if you don't have the word of God working in certain areas of your life, then you will live your questionable life. Are you following? So we'll look at a few things. Um, I don't know how many things I will list. But, yeah, the first thing we will look at is found in Psalms chapter, we'll read the book of Psalms a lot today, Psalms 119 verse 9. Psalms 119 verse 9. Verse 9 to 11. Psalms 119 verse 9 to 11. The book of Psalms 119. Verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, How can a young man cleanse his way? And then the answer said, By taking heed according to your word. Have you seen that? It says, How can a young man, how many young men are here? <laughs> the Bible is asking a question for you there. How can a young man, or oh, it also means a young woman there, don't, don't, be, don't feel left out. How can, let me say, let me put say, how can a young person, okay, <laughs> cleanse his way? It says, by taking heed to your word. And then verse 10 says, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. And then verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. 
That's beautiful. This is David saying, look, your word, Lord, have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know what that means? It means the people who have time for sinning don't have time for the word. If you have time for the word, you don't have time for sin. It says, your word have I hidden in my soul. That's the first point. The word of God will help you stay away from sin. Okay? God's word will help you stay away from sin. It will lead you to a life of purity. You will live according to the scriptures. Are you listening? Yeah. That's what it will do to you. It will lead you to it will lead you to live a life that's according to the scripture. You see, when I talked about born servants, I explained how uh, there is God's way of doing things, right? There is man's way of doing things and there's God's way of doing things. And a born servant is a person who delights in God's way of doing things, even though he's been set free to actually do things according to man's ways. You understand that, right? It means you've, you have the liberty to do things according to your ways, according to your thinking, and maybe they may not be wrong, really. There are a lot of things which are not, uh, which are not necessarily prohibited by God. And God has given you free will for them to, for you to do certain things. An example, really, is let's say the choice of your of your school or the choice of the of the course you pursue. You will not you will not be sent to hell because you decided to to, to pursue a degree in public health. God was just upset. Me, I wanted you to just go study public <laughs> admin. You just hate public and left my my presence <laughs> and went to apply something else. <laughs> you get it, right? There are a number of things, but when you are a bond servant, I'm going back just a little. When you are a bond servant, you decide to do things God's way. If God said you go in, in one direction, and that's the only direction you know. You don't know any, any, any other direction but the direction God has given. Now, when we talk about hiding the word of God in your heart, there are a number of, maybe there are a few people here who know how to hide things. If you have siblings who know how to who touch things a lot. You know how to hide things in your bedrooms, you understand? If you've got nephews and, and nieces, you just hide. So when we talk about hiding, you're putting, you hide the word of God in a place where the enemy can't steal it. The parable of the soul, remember one of, one of the other things, one, one of the things Jesus explained is that there are some that actually receive the word of God gladly. Then after some time, the enemy came and stole the word of God from them, Right? Now, there are a lot of people who are like that because you'll find, <laughs> I've given this example several times. There are believers who will sit in church, they will listen to the word of God, even fall under the power of God. And then once just, the following day, once pressure hits them, they forget everything they received the following, the, the, the previous day rather. And they just, they succumb to, to pressure. <laughs> There's something the, the Bible says in, 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 in the book of Proverbs, and I'll say it from how the, the, the message translation puts it. It says, if you fall in the day of adversity, there was nothing to you in the first place. <laughs> the KJV puts it this way. It says, if you fall in the day of, uh, of adversity, then thy strength is small. In other words, when pressure comes and you fall, then there was nothing to you. It means you are not actually developed. If something falls on a baby's head, a baby, let's say, who is two, who is two days old, and if something falls on your head, 
the injury will be different. You get it, right? The injuries will be different. So what you can, what you, what your body can tolerate, and what a, a baby who is maybe five days old can tolerate, are two different things. Because for them, their their, their muscles and their and their and, 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 and their bones have not developed like yours have. You understand that, right? I feel like I'm a doctor right now. <laughs> so they've not developed like like yours have. And the same thing actually is the same. The same thing applies to the faith. How pressure hits you is dependent on your growth and your development. Everyone faces pressure. Because Jesus never promised that you won't have any. <laughs> the Bible does not promise a life free of trials and tribulations. The promise is that when you go through them, you'll be there. <laughs> He's simply promising you have company when you're going through certain things. And that is why when you're going through certain things in life, it doesn't make you any less of a believer. Let me say that again. When you're going through certain things in life, it doesn't make you any less of a believer because you'll find, let's say, you're having uh, a challenge with your health, all right? And maybe it's something that you've experienced. You've applied faith and you've done everything that maybe you know how to do. But it's still a challenge for you in, in your body. Yet there's another sister there, maybe, uh, or a certain brother in church who will come and just give testimonies. I've never been sick in my life. Ever since I believed in Jesus. <laughs> now, the one who is experiencing certain things in their faith is not less of a believer than that other one who's working in divine health. They too have the same inheritance in Christ. The difference is knowledge. The difference is what? The difference is what? Yeah, maybe when we talk about knowledge, a lot of you maybe will need to, to understand how knowledge is applied. That's where you need to know. Anyway, let me not die that. <laughs> let me stick to what I've prepared today. So the word of God will help you stay, will help you uh, live a holy life. That's the, first, that's the first thing. That's just another way of putting it. All right. And the second thing that the word of God will do is that it will give you light. When you look at Psalms 119 verse 130, Psalms 119, verse 130. Whenever Ira is leading prayer, this scripture never, never misses. <laughs> Psalms 119, verse 130. The Bible says, <laughs> the entrance of your word gives light. Mm -hmm. All right. It says, it gives understanding to the simple. It says, the entrance of your word gives what? The entrance of the word gives what? Light. Now, I've taught you before, say light is not the opposite of darkness. Light is just, darkness is simply the absence of light. It means where there is darkness, it simply means light is just not there. If there is darkness in a room and you turn on the light, what happens? The whole room goes, is lit up, right? Yeah. It simply means when you have darkness in certain areas of your life, it means what you ought to do is actually allow the word of God to penetrate in that area of your life. Any area where you're experiencing darkness, the word of God is the solution. God's word is the solution to all darkness in this world. That's the only solution mankind has. And mankind has never realized it. I'm going through dark times. <laughs> 
the entrance of thy word giveth light <laughs> some days are dark some days are I think why do people say such things <laughs> no some days I, see your, your confession must be consistent you can't go about and just declaring some days are dark some days are they will be dark and when they are dark they will, they, will come, they will come as dark as they come you get it right they will come as dark as they come so the entrance of god's word gives light so every time god's word comes in your life light has come okay. so right now as the word of god is coming to you light is coming into your spirit Amen. are you listening yes. the light of god floods your spirit and where the light of god is you can't find darkness at all it's not possible to have darkness in your body and god's light in your body at the same time it's not darkness it's not possible to have darkness in your mind and have God's word on your mind at the same time. It's not possible. The word of God must penetrate your mind in such a way that light flashes through every fiber of your being. How together? So next time before you complain about dark times, ask yourself, have I actually gotten the word of God in me? How much of the word do you have in you? Because how much of God's word you have in you is dependent, determines how much of God's word will shine out of you. I'll say that again. How much of God's word is in you would determine how much of the light of God will shine out of you. Remember, the Bible calls us the light of the word, right? Right? Yes. Now, is everyone shining according, according to the Bible? No. Not everyone is shining. What's the difference? Those who have the word of God in them, that light manifests. Those who don't have the word of God in them. You see, God's word is beyond just you read John 3.16, For God shall love the world that he gave you. Shan, 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 shan. You go to another scripture. You read it, you memorize it in your mind. Think about it. If memorizing God's word alone, by the way, memorizing God's word is very important. I'm not downplaying it. Now, if memorizing God's word alone was, was enough, don't you think the Pharisees would have been the most powerful? If that alone was enough, you see, the scriptures talked about Jesus. How come when he came in the flesh, they were not able to recognize the word they were memorizing? How come? Because the word of God was in their minds and not, not in them. So God's word must be in you. Tell your neighbor, God's word must be in you. Yes, it must be in your spirit. It must enter your spirit. So the entrance of God's word gives light. The entrance, until the word of God enters, light can, can come in your life. Praise God. And that's why when we see dark times in this world, what's our solution? God's word. We declare God's word over the world. We declare God's word over the, God's word over the nation. We declare God's word even over the economy and over everything else. God's, we, we declare what God has said. And if you don't learn to declare what God has said, you will not experience the light God has said you have. Are you following? Yeah. The third point. The word of God builds you up. The word of God builds you. It builds you. When you read John chapter number 1 verse 1 to 3. John 1 verse 1 to 3. John chapter number 1. Verse 1 to 3. 
John chapter number 1 verse 1 to 3 talks about Jesus. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God's Word is God himself. Praise God. And then he said, He was in the beginning with God, and then verse 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made which was made. In other words, there is nothing you see physically today that, exi that, that exists that was not made by the Word of God. Are we together? It says, all things were made through him. Everything you see were made through him. And then when you go and read um, scriptures like uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 3, non-portion of scripture, it goes on to say, um, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which, which are seen were, made, were not made of things which are visible. It says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. In other words, God used his word in order to build the whole world. Now, if God can use the word of God to build the whole world, what would you do with your life once he, give you, once he gives you his word? Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. No, what, what would the, if, if, listen, think about it this way. If the word of God could position the stars, what, what, what do you think it would position, how do you think it would position you in this life? If God's word could position, say the moon will be here, the sun will be here, the stars will be there, the waters will be divided like this, to ensure that this is like this, this is like that. If God's word can do that to, to, to the whole world, what, what do you think the word of God will do to you? It can build you up. It can build you up, right? Yeah. Acts chapter number 220 verse, verse 32. It says, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among us those who are sanctified, right? So God's word is able to build you up. God's word is God's material. It's God's building material. When you're building a house, you have to buy materials first. Right? Yeah. Those of you who have built houses. Hi, Trees. <laughs> you built a house before, Richard, with your hands. You never. Not even as a darker boy. You haven't gone through life yet. I'm going to take you somewhere. <laughs> Where they will make you work like a slave. <laughs> and don't pay you anything. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So God's word, when you're building a house or when you're building any sort of building, you need materials. And the materials have to be mixed together. Now God's word is the material God uses to build anyone's life. Have you ever wondered? Let me let, let me pose this to you. When I said when I when I got born again, one of the things that I loved a lot was 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 praying. I love to pray. I love to spend time in prayer. Okay, and I had a lot of friends. I met a lot of friends who who loved prayer, maybe even more than I did. And we spent a lot of time praying together. But then. What I realized was this. <laughs> there are a number of people I looked up to. Maybe some of you can attest to this. There are a number of people I looked up to who would be praying a certain way. But the problem was that it was as though the only great thing in their life was their prayer life. Everything else was going down. Have you ever met people like that? As in career-wise, there's nothing to show. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? If you love life, there is nothing because they're always on a mountain. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> As in financially, yeah, shambles. It's bad. <laughs> now, I'm not making fun of anyone. What My point really is this. I realized that praying was not the way God builds every other area of my life. Prayer was simply what waters the word of God. If you have the word of God in you, but no prayer, what will happen to the seed? It will die. But when you mix the seed and water, what happens? There is growth. So don't do one and neglect the other. There are a number of people who are good at praying, but are bad at studying the scriptures. I asked here, how many, how many books of the Bible have you read this year so far? Finished. Have you finished so far? And a number of you can't. <laughs> you can't attest. But if you asked, how many movies have you watched this year? Some of you will even watch some series. One after another. There's no latest movie I haven't watched. Look at your neighbor and tell them, if you watch movies but don't study your Bible. <laughs> Look at them and tell them, point at them, if you watch movies but don't study your Bible. You will never grow spiritually. <laughs> you will never grow, really. <laughs> yeah. No, you, there is no way every movie, as it, you, you know when this movie is coming out. There are movies that are coming out that I found out through your status. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> I didn't know. I remember the first time I went to watch this certain Avengers movie. I think the first time, I think, is it Infinity War? That one, yes. Came out, I watched it. I had never watched anything else. The person I was with was explaining to me how everything was. No, there was this. I was like, how do you know these things? <laughs> I had never, never watched Thor, never watched nothing. Because that's the first time I was seeing those characters there. I was so blank. But I enjoyed it because people were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and someone won. <laughs> you get it, right? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I really loved it. Like, oh, this is so cool. But I, I was just surprised how people are able to know all these things, but don't know much about the scriptures. There are people who know even just these, these other series that women watch and these Korean dramas <laughs> and these other things that men watch, these football things, worldly, worldly things. <laughs> worldly. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they only become godly when you win. <laughs> worldly when you lose. <laughs> anyway, so people know so much about football and everything else. People know so much about movies, but know very little about the scriptures. Know very little. There are, there are believers who would embarrass themselves in a Bible quiz. Right? Believers writing right here, so they're looking they're hearing me. They would embarrass themselves. I remember, the, the, I remember the, one of the first times I took part in a, in a Bible quiz. I was in Sunday school. I was going to get, get someone in the youth ministry. I won. I was in shock. I thought older people knew everything. <laughs> My point, look, spend time studying your scripture. It is not in vain. 
The depositing of your, the, the scriptures in your spirit means light comes in your spirit. And you must have personal Bible studies as a believer. Don't just rely on everything you hear. On, on, and now YouTube has made people very, very lazy. Do you get it, right? Very lazy. Like as long as they listen to sermons, to them they've, they've learned the scriptures. See, sermons are not the same as studying the scriptures for yourself. And if it's this YouTube sermon, there was, there was a young lady who once, um, who I once spoke to um, some time back. I think that was last year or something. And for her, she was, she was so much into YouTube ministry. You know, she was watching every sermon she finds on YouTube. And because she was watching every sermon she found on YouTube, what happened was that she came across some teachings which are very, very dangerous. Have you ever, have you ever encountered dangerous teachings? <laughs> dangerous teachings. As I was in shock when she was telling me some of the things she was telling me. Things that someone is reading scriptures, but they are twisting them. <laughs> twisting scriptures. I was like, what, were you, did you spend time with Satan or what? Because there is no way <laughs> you can twist scriptures this much. <laughs> no, because it didn't make any sense. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And she's telling me, well, I think one of the things she was telling me was, ah, let, me, let me see if I can remember. Oh, God. I, I had to renew my mind after hearing some of this. <laughs> there was a cleansing that took place afterwards. I think she told me stuff like, maybe the lightest things she told me. I remember she, she told me stuff like, uh, about how everyone in the world is born again. Whether they are Buddhist, they are what? Everyone is born again. And when Jesus comes, he's going to get everyone goes, <laughs> I was looking. Mm -hmm. Like, Ma, mm -hmm. which Bible have you been reading? Mm -hmm. And she heard it from a preacher on YouTube. And guess what? The preacher was showing from the scriptures that everyone is born again, twisting them. And so I advise people before you listen to certain people, find out first is this one safe to listen to? Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll be advised better. Are we together? Yes. Are we together? <laughs> yes. So no falling in love with every powerful teaching you hear mm -hmm. online. So the word of God gives light. And then the, third, the fourth, fourth thing that the word of God does is um, found in in Psalms 107, verse 20. Everyone is born again in this world. Eh. Shocked. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, one of the things she actually told me was, was the fact that she told, no, this, this one, was, this one was, the, was the most crazy. She told me about how, how when the Holy Spirit came, that was the coming of Jesus. Therefore, the second coming took place a long time ago. Now we are in heaven. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> now we are in heaven. I didn't know that. I don't know the heaven she's enjoying. <laughs> Psalms. 107 verse 20, he says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them out 
I delivered them uh, from their destruction. So it's, the Bible says he sent his word and healed them, right? In other words, when God's word is sent, healing takes place. Whenever the word of God is sent, healing takes place. Praise God. Whenever God's word is, is sent, healing takes place and deliverance takes place. Now, when we talk about deliverance, deliverance is not just, in other words, there's a difference between casting out devils and deliverance. It's not the same thing. A lot of people think when, the, when, when there are demons manifesting, people screaming and other people vomiting, that's how ah, deliverance was powerful today. I've been there. You're in a meeting, as in, you're running a fellowship of some sort. You're casting out demons from the same people every week. And you see, ah, how is ministry? Ministry is progressing. You're not progressing. <laughs> same people. <laughs> how are they getting possessed every week? <laughs> then there's no progress, right? <laughs> there's no progress. So when you talk about deliverance, deliverance simply means to be translated from one place to another. You understand that, right? For example, you can deliver goods from Zambia to South Africa. That's deliverance. So when you talk about deliverance, deliverance simply means the word of God can transfer something from God to your hands. Are we together? It means God will use his word to deliver anything from himself to you. The reason why a lot of believers don't walk in the reality of God is because they've not learned to actually get the word of God in their spirit. They've not learned to actually see what God word, God's word wants them to see in that moment. How many here have ever been in a meeting, you're praying, and then all of a sudden you receive a word in your spirit? Raise your hand. Maybe a rhema word in your spirit. Very few people. Okay. God will also not show you, will not also not show you the scriptures you've not studied. He's not a magician. Are we together? God will not come to you and show you this is the book of Isaiah. Now, in Isaiah, what I have said about you is A, B, C, D. And because this is what I've said about you, therefore your life should go in this direction. You see, ignorance is the greatest mountain a man or a woman can ever experience. It's more costly than anything. It means something can be written in the scriptures and not benefit you. If you've not found it out, it will not benefit you. The, fa the fact that it is there doesn't change anything. I've, show I've shared with you certain, uh, an encounter I had before where, where in my family there was one of my, one of my relatives uh, received, let me, I'll call it an attack, some, some witchcraft stuff that took place and whatnot. And one of our, our older relatives decided to get a Bible and put it on that person's head. You know, saying, out! Out. <laughs> now, that Bible is a very powerful book. But then that same Bible, if it, even if it is burnt, you haven't burnt the power. <laughs> you get it, right? There are certain people, because they've been having bad dreams, they'll put the Bible under their pillow. You dream worse dreams the Bible under their pillow. <laughs> it won't change anything. <laughs> now, I've been dreaming terrible things. Therefore, you even put a Bible there. <laughs> so that senior relative put the Bible on that person's head and nothing was happening. We simply went there and just put our hand there saying, out, and the person was free. Now, are my hands more powerful than the Bible? No. The difference is that what's in the Bible is now in me. 
I know what's there. Therefore, I'm able to exercise what's there. The other person simply has the book. <laughs> so they can go about carrying it. Every day they can go in city market, Kulima Tower, pass to Cairo Road, and announce that they're, they're Christian. All they'll have is a book. Another person will be carrying the word of God in them. And they'll be able to demonstrate God's power because they know what's in them. They know what they found out through the scriptures. They know, they know what the Bible has said about them. And like I said, God will not come to you and tell you, this is, what, this is what I've said about you in the book of Romans. No, he will not. You have to dig in the book of Romans and find out for yourself what he has said. And if you don't find out, you will live as a poor man when you've got wealth. You will live in sickness when God has given you divine health. Are you listening? You will live the human life when God has given you eternal life. As long as you don't find out what's in the scriptures. They, see, what's in the scriptures will not come to you. You have to go get it. Can I tell you something? This may shock you. Heaven does not deliver to you what you are in need of. Heaven delivers to you what you've seen in the word of God and you claim by faith. If heaven delivered to you what you need of, everything you need in this life right now would have been given to you in your hands. Right? And the day you needed it, heaven would have brought it to your doorstep. Oh, Sister Keke, here, you need this. <laughs> and heaven has brought it to you. But then, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. So even healing, God sent his word and healed them. In other words, imagine, people, needed to, people were sick, needing healing. And God didn't send his power, he sent his word. Hmm. God didn't even send God didn't even send an angel. God sent his word because he knew in that word is healing. Once you receive the word of God, healing has come. If you can see the healing in the word, then your healing has come. Are you listening? It means if what you need from God is let's say a job and the word of God has come to you, if you can see the job in the word, the job will come to you. Are you listening? It means if what you are looking for from God is maybe, it may be something to do with your health. If God sent his word to heal them, meaning he can send his word to promote you. If God sent his word to heal and deliver, meaning he can send his word to actually renew your mind and to actually do, to, to cause tra tremendous change in every area of your life. So don't, don't just sit on the scriptures. I know there's, there's the book of this, the book of that. But what's in there? What, what's in the scriptures? Have you found out what God, what God has said about you in the scriptures? Do you know what God says about your health? Do you know what God says about your mind? Do you know what God says about finances in the scriptures? Do you know what God says about prayer? Do you know what God says about faith? Do you know what God says about love? Do you know what God says about hope? Do you know what God says about grace? What has God said? If you don't know, Another person, you see, there are certain believers who think God has got favorites. Like God only hears the prayers of some and ah, if ever be no, God doesn't hear us. You must get to that place where you know what's in the scriptures. And because you know what's in the scriptures, you're able to say, look, I, I know what God is able to do. Praise God. Here. Yeah. Then the other point, when point number what? <coughs> number five? Someone says four. <laughs> the word of God gives you health. Proverbs 4, verse 20. God's word gives you health. 
Proverbs 4 verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Tell your neighbor, pay attention to the word of God. Tell them, look at them and say, pay attention to the word of God. Yeah, says, my son, give attention to my word. In other words, if you don't give the word of God attention, it will not do to you what it intends to do. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There are certain people, even in here maybe, who knows? They will not even buy you a football just because you didn't give them attention that week. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> That's because he didn't give him attention this week. Mm-hmm. He says, it's done. Mm-hmm. So, the word of God demands your attention. Mm-hmm. It demands your attention. It says, my son, give attention to my words. And then it says, incline your ear to my sayings. And then he says, verse 21 says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Wow. He says, don't let them depart from what? In other words, keep looking at my word. If your eyes are looking at anything else other than God's word, all you will see is everything else. But if your eyes keep looking at God's word, all you will see is what God is saying. It means if let's say someone comes to you and they need prayer for something, and all you look at is the word of God, you will see them according to the word of God. You will not see them according to their condition. Do you know that if you see people according to the word of God, you will start seeing them according to even where God wants to take them. Let me put it like this. Think about it this way. In the Bible, there was a man called King Saul, right? Remember that? Okay, since people don't study their Bibles. Let me tell you, but there was a man called King Saul in the Bible. This Bible of yours has got a man called King Saul. Okay? In case you ever asked in a Bible quiz, there was a man in the Bible called King Saul. And then, this guy was anointed by God to become a king. Okay? But first, before God anointed him, the children of Israel went to God and told God. Because remember, God governed his people through the prophets, the the priests, and the judges, according to the dispensations, right? If you go go into the scriptures, there was a point when God would govern a whole nation using a prophet. And there was a time when God would govern a whole nation using judges. There was a time when God would govern a whole nation using... Uh, priests. You understand that, right? And then now, the, the children of Israel went to God one time and t- told God, say, look, we don't want to be governed this way. For us, we want, to, we want a king like every other nation. In other words, they wanted a president like every other nation. And then God told them, say, look, Mm-mm. if I give you a president, God gave them deals. If I give you a president, this guy, he will do a business. He will get a certain percentage of, of, of what you work for. Taxes were introduced. <laughs> you understand that, right? So you will get a certain person of what you work for. This guy, he will get your women. He will make them his wives and whatnot. Ah, they were like, ah, we are fine with it. Mm-hmm. They were okay with it. Mm-hmm. All right, they said, give, give them a go ahead. Now, Samuel at that time knew the danger and told God, told God say, look, Lord, <laughs> I don't think they know what they want. Mm-hmm. Don't give it to them. And then God told Samuel to say, look, they have not rejected you. They rejected me. And then God says, I'll give, you, I'll give them a king. And then God decided to pick a man called Saul. Right? Now, Saul 
was an interesting guy because remember, he was handpicked by God. God picks Saul, and once Saul is picked by God, he goes and become, becomes king, and he rules the nation. After three years, God leaves him. Now, Saul became an interesting guy because now Saul began to... Uh, Saul had different wives. Okay? He had different wives. And then those wives had different gods. <laughs> Each wife had, had, had her own god. And just know how powerful women are. The guys started worshipping their gods as well. One way or another. You understand that, right? Yeah. Just like you find... Uh, certain ladies who they will not do certain like I've heard certain sisters unless he speaks in tongues I will never <laughs> I will never if they don't speak in tongues I will never hallelujah <laughs> he can't even cast out devils <laughs> I'm with <laughs> he can't even cast out devils how he become a priest over my house. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. <laughs> anyway, so Saul so, so decided to worship the other gods and whatnot. Then God, God, God rejected Saul. And then when God rejected Saul, the Bible records that he decided to tell to tell David, to, to, to anoint David as king. And David was anointed as king. And now, you, under, you understand, Saul ruled Israel for 30 years. 30 or 33 years, somewhere there. And God was only with him for three years. The other years, God left him. But he was still king. Are we together? Maybe let me share with you something that I learned from from Pastor Cholwe. The first time I, I heard Pastor Cholwe, he taught this sermon, and I loved it. It was the first time I, ever, I listened to that man teach. He said, he said, results are not a sign that God is with you. Hear me and hear me. Results are not a sign that God is with you. Are we together? God told Moses, to go and speak to the rock and water will come out. Right? What did Moses do? He went and hit it, right? Did water come out? Yes. In disobedience, Moses had, Moses had results. <laughs> Think about it. God tells Moses, go speak to that rock and water will come out. Moses decides, and in fact, this is not even the, the funny part. Moses decided, first of all, before he spoke to, before he hit the rock, he decided, he decided to, have a, to have a short sermon to the children of Israel and called them rebels. How long will I give you water, you rebels? So Moses called them. And when Moses spoke to them in that manner, later on, Moses decided, oh, look, I, he was upset. He hit the rock and water came out. Right? In disobedience, the result was still there. It still came out. So, in disobedience, God left him. So was still on the throne. After 15 years, do you think I've said God? God has left me. Maybe I say, Ah, I'm still here. God picked me. God anointed me. Right? In 20 years, 
We could have said the same thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not even the only one in the, in, in the Bible. And one, one of the things that Pastor mentioned in that sermon is that, have you ever heard a saying called the God of a second chance? God is the God of a second chance. Not everyone saw a second chance in the Bible. Ananias and Sapphira are an example. <laughs> Not everyone saw a second chance. Moses, when Moses messed up, God told him, God, God, God told him, okay, Moses, come. Took him on a mountain and showed him the land where he was supposed to go. So look, this is the land where you were supposed to take to deliver Israel. He saw how beautiful it was. And he told him, now go back and anoint Joshua. Right? In other words, God showed him his replacement. Moses went back, laid hands on Joshua. And then when he was done, God told him, now go back to the mountain. To do what, Lord? To die. (laughs) Moses went up and died. That's how Moses went. Funny but true. You get it, right? So when it comes to following God, the fact that you've not been doing what God says and then you've been seeing results, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you're on the right track. Even after not praying much, uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still making as much money. I'm still... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even pray about it. I didn't even pray like last semester. But the way I passed this year, <laughs> I think prayer was just holding me down. <laughs> Danger. Yeah, yeah, you're walking on dangerous grounds. <laughs> you're walking on dangerous grounds. Praise God. Yeah, you're walking on dangerous grounds. So he says, don't let the word of God depart from your eyes. And then he says, keep them in the midst of your heart. When Proverbs 4. And then verse 22 says, for they are life to those who find them. Tell your neighbor, they are life to those who find them. In other words, and notice it says to those who find them, not to those who the word of God comes to, right? So, to those who find the word of God, they are life to them. If you've not found the word of God, mean you've not found life. And then it says, they are health to all their flesh, right? To all their what? To all their what? Answer, answer with confidence. To all their what? Flesh. Right? So, they are, they, they, are, they are health to all their flesh. You know what that means? Well, you know why the Bible calls it all their flesh? It simply means every part of your body. The word of God is health to it. God is able to give you, as in the word of God, the word of God is able to give you health to any organ in your body that, that, that has been malfunctioning. Any. Doesn't matter what. God is able to. Are you listening? Yeah. So God's word is health. It is health. And then the other thing is, the word of God delivers you. Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs 11 and the verse of 9. Proverbs 11 verse 9. It says, The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. And then it says, But through knowledge, says someone say through knowledge. Yeah. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Now, d- like I said, deliverance said is not, doesn't mean casting out of devil. It simply means being translated. So it means there are certain places you're supposed to go to in life and only the word, the word of God can deliver you to that place. 
and he says, through knowledge will be the righteous delivered. So in other words, for you, for God to translate you from one area to another, from one place to another, the word of God is what he uses to ship, to ship you. The same way, for example, if you need to move from here and let's say to Kawa, you may need to use a car, right? The same way if you need to move from here and let's say maybe uh, maybe South Africa, you may need to use a plane or a bus, whatever it is you want to use. What you've used there is what will transport you to there. Now God's word is the transport that takes you from one place to another. It carries you from one area to another. It carries you from one realm to another. It means if there are certain places in God you've been trying to reach, if there are certain graces in God you've been trying to access, go in the word of God and access the grace right there. If there's certain dimension of God's power you've been longing to see, go in the word of God and get those, those dimensions of power. You see, God is no longer releasing power from heaven. Knowledge is what releases power from you. How are we together? Yeah. There's something that I heard, I once heard someone say, uh, after there was someone who was, who was praying, and after someone was, was praying, like, I think I was in a bus, either on a bus or somewhere, I don't remember, but it was a public place. And you know, in these places, sometimes you find they'll be playing an audio and someone is praying, right? And someone was praying, and there was a woman who made the comment and said, that's a very powerful prayer. And that sounded right. But in my mind, you know what I said? I said, there's no such thing as a powerful prayer. It didn't exist. I didn't understand it until I heard another man of God say it. Later on, he amplified it. He said, there's no such thing as called a powerful prayer. It's only powerful people who pray. So the power is not in the prayer, it's in the person. As in, think, if the shadow of the apostles could cast out devils and heal the sick, what, what prayer was given there? So there's no such thing as powerful prayers. It's the believers who are praying who are powerful. I don't know if you get it, right? Yeah, it's... It's the believer who is praying who is powerful. If the believer prays, then power is made available. <laughs> because what's the criteria of, of choosing what a powerful prayer is to God? The vocabulary? <laughs> not everyone speaks well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not everyone, not, not everyone can pray in King James, like certain sisters in this church. King James language. You know what I mean? Not everyone can tarry in, in, in prayer like others. Not everyone, not everyone. But then, when the believer prays, power, power is made available. And sometimes, sometimes I, I go in prayer to, to, to pray in the spirit just to make power available. Just to charge myself off to make power available. You need to do that. You need to exercise your spirit in such a way. See, I, I, need, to, I need to make tremendous power available. Are you listening? Are you listening? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're praying, you, you use the word of God. And when you use the word of God, that's what makes it powerful. Mm -hmm. Because the powerful person was praying and they used the word of God. Otherwise, I want you to think about it this way. There was a time the disciples of Jesus failed to cast out a demon. You remember that? Do you remember that? Question. Don't you think they did it the way Jesus did it? Because they saw casting out from, of devils from Jesus, right? Now, if they tried, it means they did it the way Jesus did it. How come it failed and for Jesus it worked? It's the person. 
not the way of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, one person can, say, can, can speak to someone who's demon-possessed, out in the name of Jesus, nothing will happen. They will tell them, Paul, we know. <laughs> Jesus, we know. <laughs> but who are you? <laughs> you get it, right? So uh, one person can say out, another person will say out and the demon will leave. They, are, they know who is talking. Mm -hmm. You get it? Yes, they know who is talking. Even, even angelic beings know who is praying. Mm -hmm. it's, not everyone, it's not everyone who moves heaven. <laughs> no, it's not everyone who moves heaven. If you think everyone moves heaven, ah, then heaven will be moving upside every, every moment. But you see, it's not everyone who moves heaven. Not everyone is able to cause angels to move. There are people when they open their mouth, God, 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 they have God's full attention. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Praise God. There are, there are certain people, brothers and sisters, maybe some even right here in this church, when they, when they speak, God has spoken. Because their word, God backs them up. Do you know what the Bible says about, about, about Samuel? It says, God did not allow the words of Samuel to fall to the ground. In other words, there's nothing, there's nothing Samuel ever said that didn't come to pass. As long as Samuel said it, God was obligated to, to cause it to come to pass. Hmm? That's a different man. Hmm? There was nothing like, no, uh, something didn't come to pass. And then what? Mm -mm. When he spoke, heaven responded. May God lift you to that place. Amen. I said, may God lift you to that place. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Don't just become a casual Christian. You, know, you see, and I was laughing this week with, with a colleague. I was saying, uh, you, know, you know, I've lived with prayer warriors in my life, okay? And all of them have one thing in common. I've never found someone who's very prayerful. Either praying long prayers before eating or praying at all. Mm -hmm. It's the people who know prayer lives. <laughs> Spend because that's the time that's for them, that's that's their fellowship time, that's the only time they have to pray. <laughs> no, most prayerful people I've met, you find you just start eating, you just start, well, as you are talking, you find yourself just eating. There's not you don't remember, but people with no prayer lives are the ones. No, before we start, let's uh, worship, worship chorus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sing a song <laughs> to thank God and whatnot. <laughs> that's that's the only time they have when they wake up. Oh Lord, and <laughs> I always laugh at this. There are people who, when they wake up, they even confess their sins. Yeah, from waking up, what do I do? What <laughs> we sin knowingly and unknowingly in the morning. What have you done, Shua? Yeah, just from waking up. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> Before you sleep, you confess your sin. After you wake, you go, what were you doing in your sleep? <laughs> what have you done in your sleep? And if, and if you find someone, let me not say that. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been there. Trust me, I've been there. Oh, Father, every time before we pray, Father, forgive us. For we've sinned. And so when someone is praying like that, I remember I was at a wedding and someone was praying like that, and I was, I was, I was with friends on the table, and we, we all know the word of God. So this, when that woman said that, we all opened our eyes. <laughs> started looking. We're like, 
See, you've been sitting along. We confess alone in this prayer. <laughs> don't, don't include us. <laughs> See, don't include us in your in your daily confessions. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So God's word is able to translate you to walk in certain dimensions of power. It's able to translate you. Where, where even when something is hurting in your body, your first response is to lay hands there. Heal in Jesus' name. Not when something is, is, is hurting, the screams that come out from you. <laughs> Simple headache. People are not even resting in your house. People want to kill me. I'll die one day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confess such. Praise God. Don't confess such. And then the other thing that I, the faith, I'll talk about God's word builds your faith. The word of God builds your faith. The word of God builds your faith. Now, faith is in levels. All right? Faith is in levels. We are not, we all start off in the faith at the same place of faith, but we are all not at the same level of faith. And how we use our faith is different as well. You get it, right? So because we are different levels of faith, it means even our experiences will be different. I don't know if you understand. Our our. Our, our, our expressions of faith will be different. Everything, how we do everything will be different. Are you listening? And because when you read books like Romans chapter number 10, verse 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, when faith, when faith, faith only comes when you hear the word of God. So faith, the word of God brings you faith and the word of God builds your faith up. Are you listening? Yeah. And I was explaining how we are at different levels of faith. And because we are at different levels of faith, our, the way we exercise our authority is different. One time Jesus called these disciples, all ye of little faith. You get it, right? And when the Bible talks about the centurion, the Bible, Jesus called his faith great. He called it great faith. In other words, they were not at the same levels of, of faith. One person exercised or rather demonstrated higher levels of faith than another one. And because of that, the results they were able to get were different. You understand? When you look at faith, when, when you talk about faith, the Bible says, of course, you can't please God without faith, right? Right? It's not possible to please God without faith. So in other words, whenever your faith is being built up, in other words, it means you are, you are building yourself up to live a more pleasant life before God. And whenever you allow your faith to dwindle, it means you, 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 you will live a life that does not please God. Are you listening? There's a time I once heard a preacher say, when we get to heaven, some believers will slap themselves because they have so much power, yet they never used it. And they will discover they, they suffered for free. <laughs> for things that Jesus paid for. Are you together? So the word of God builds your faith. It's a faith builder. So every time you need, have you ever been at a place where you feel maybe you don't have enough faith for something? If you've been there, there's, there's nothing wrong with being at that place. There's everything wrong with staying at that place. 
if you're at a place where you feel your faith is not enough for something, go in the word of God. Listen to the word of God. As in lock yourself up in your room or go somewhere quiet and, and spend time in the word of God. And once you spend time in God's word, your faith will never be the same. You grow your faith in order for you to attract certain levels of results. Are you listening? Yeah. So the word of God builds your faith. It's a faith builder. Builds your faith. Then the other thing, I think the, the last point. The last point will come from from First uh, Peter two verse two. First Peter two verse two. First Peter two verse two says, "As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the, of the word, that you may that you may grow thereby." It says, "As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the, the the word, that you may grow thereby." In other words, the word of God is carries in it all the nutrients for your growth. Are we together? The word of God carries in it all the nutrients for your what? For your what? People are not responding. For your what? For your growth. When you give a baby certain, uh, certain milk, milk products and, and, and everything else, you may not know what's in there, but the people that made it, they know ex exactly all the ingredients they've put there, which will help the nourishment of the baby. You understand that, right? When you're eating certain foods, you may not appreciate everything that's in an apple. You may not appreciate everything that's in a banana or everything that's in a burger or something. Is there anything nice in a burger? Unhealthy stuff. <laughs> but these are the things that believers love. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you this. The fact that God has given you divine health or the fact that God has given you eternal life is not... It's not an invitation to, to treat your body careless. To be careless in your eating. Are we together? Yes. Are we together? Yes. Yeah. Not to eat everything. Ah, I mean, I can't be sick. God has, God has, God has, God has. Take care of God's temple. Take care of it. Tell, tell your neighbor, take care of the God's temple. Yeah. So the word of God nourishes you. It's your nourishment. There is no growth outside the word of God. And the reason why there are people who are able to pray long hours but know very little about the word of God is because they pray but don't spend time in the word of God. You need to strike a balance. There should be a balance between praying a long time and spending a, 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 a lot of time in the word of God. There should be a balance. There was a man, there was a man called uh, E.W. Kenyon. Is late now. Maybe some of you have read some works that he's done. The man was such a, a great, I think he's my favorite author. I love his books. Really love him. So if you want to buy me a book, just buy from that author. Yeah. So I, he, they walked, as in he, he was such a great, he was, he was such a great teacher of the word of God, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about his teaching. There was someone who was telling, there are some people who, who lived with him and they said, the man never went 10 minutes without reading at least a portion of scripture. Wherever he was, like he had, he stuck portions of scripture everywhere, in his car, house, books, everywhere. 
he stuck portions of scripture like that. And he would teach the word of God so much, so much that his entire congregation caught the word of God. Like they learned, grasped, the word of God went into them to, to a point where he invited a colleague, a friend to come and preach for him in church. And now that other friend was a healing evangelist or a healing minister. For those of you who followed uh, certain people who, who were ministers in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and whatnot, there were a lot of great, great men and women of God. So he invited a friend who was a healing evangelist to minister. And you know, when you invite a healing evangelist, perhaps the expectation is that maybe there are people who are sick in your congregation and that they'll be touched by God's power and they'll be healed. So once the friend was done preaching, he called for an outlook for healing and no one came. There was no person who came for healing to the front. That was the first time it ever happened in his entire ministry. So he asked his friend after, I said, what happened? Maybe were people shy. Actually, not the friend, not E.W. Kennedy told him. He says, my people have caught divine health so much that they don't get sick. So his gift was irrelevant in that place. There was no need for a gift of healing in that place. Because the word of God was taught. The man was just a teacher. He taught the word of God so much, it entered into their spirits, into their bodies, into their minds, their legs, their hands, their livers, kidneys. There was no one sick in their midst. Not a person was. And that's the place we're going to. Amen. That's the place we're going to. There will be none who will say, I'm sick in our midst. Amen. Yeah. So as much as it is beautiful to desire to have to, 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 to have to have wheelchairs, what what but there's a place where there's none sick. <laughs> Isn't that more glorious? Amen. It's more glorious. Yes, because why should God's people suffer for something Jesus paid for? Ah. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. And the message we're teaching, this is the message that will liberate people from, from what Jesus paid for. Amen. This is the message, and we must take it everywhere. Amen. We can't be selfish with it. Have it together. We can't be selfish with it. And that's why, listen, when, when stuff like this is being taught and you bring someone to church and they sit, see, you see, I usually tell people this. See, I'm, I've been to school, all right? Or let, 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 me give, let, let me give you an example of this. So let's say if you're studying something like economics or uh, I don't know which other courses to put, to put. You see, you may not realize at what point you're being turned into an economist. Oh, you know, that after one test, after another test, exam and whatnot, you're just glad that you've cleared. At the end of the journey, when you hear the news and they're interpreting economical stuff and whatnot, your mind will be relating. All of this, you don't know when you caught it. But as you learnt, your mind caught it. The same thing will happen as you keep bringing people to church. They may not realize when something will take place. They may not realize, they may not realize it, but the word of God will transform people's minds. The word of God transforms people's health. Amen. And this is the ministry of the word of God. Amen. God's word elevates us to a, to a higher life. Amen. God's word elevates us to a greater life. The word of God elevates us to a life that is superior. There is a deeper life in Christ, and that is ours for us to experience. There is a greater life in Christ, and it is, it, it is our inheritance for us to experience. Amen. There are greater things for us to experience in Christ. And God has given us his word for us to experience them. And until we get into the word of God, we will not experience certain things. Praise God. I usually tell people this. If you want gold, dig deeper. You won't find gold on the surface. All you will find on the surface are stones. 
But it, see, it may look it, it may look like stones everywhere, but the person who's looking for God will know the machinery to get. They will dig right deep and get something that the person the other person did not get. One person will get stones and walk away and be celebrating, another person will get gold. What's the difference? Another one went deeper. Go deeper in the word of God. If you want the gold that's in the word of God, if you want the material, the richness of the word of God, you must go deeper in the word of God. Well, another person will simply get John 3, 16 and memorize it and, and win a Bible quiz. Another person will demonstrate what's in the word of God. Another person will be, one person, one person will preach about healing. Another person will be an atmosphere of healing by themselves. They will carry it in, in places by themselves. God wants to take us to a place where we, 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 we don't just read about, 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 about great women of God. and all. This is our time. It's our time. You see, we can't, we can't be at that place where every time, no. But Catherine Kuman, what about you? <laughs> no, what about you? No, but there was this man of God. There was this man of no, the, but what, what about you? And I'm not talking about just ministry. I mean, in every, because not everyone here will be a pastor. And not everyone can be. And we, we face that. You understand that, right? But in any field you are in, you are able to heal the sick. You can work in a bank and heal the sick right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can be a doctor and just lay hands on the patient. This condition is complicated. Just put your hand there, saying in Jesus' name, heal. You understand that, right? Yeah. You can be an economist and not give knowledge based on books, but you're from listening to the Holy Spirit. And you guide the nation based on revelation. And you lead the nation based on where God... See, if God could use prophets then, why can't you use prophets now to lead an entire nation? But what's the material you will use? His words. <laughs> That's the material that God will use, his words. And you must, you see, you must, the word of God must, must be priority in your life. It must be. Don't just read the word of God when you are bored. After, after maybe getting a heartbreak, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. You read and you are comforted. <laughs> nah, nah, we've been caught to a higher life. Someone say we've been caught to a higher life. Say it with conviction, say we've been caught to a higher life. Yeah, now put it, make it personal, saying, I've been caught to a higher life. I have been caught to a greater life. I've been caught to a greater life. Yes, and the word of God delivers me. Say it. Say it, say, and the word of God delivers me. It ushers me into everything God has said. And I'm walking in everything God has said. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Those, these are things you must meditate on this whole week. Say, the ministry of the word of God is working in me. The ministry of the word, as if you must say to yourself, let, let me show you one thing. I've, I've showed about some of the things that the word of God will do with you, will, will do in you. But let me show you one thing that you must do with the word of God. Because the word of God is powerful. It's powerful. Because, imagine, if God's word, ah, hallelujah, if God's word could create the stars, what can it do in your life? What can you do in your life? The Bible says so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. In other words, the word of God grew so much and prevailed. If, imagine, if, imagine it this way. If you have a kidney failure, for example, if you've got a lung failure, why can't the word of God grow in that kidney and prevail over it? <laughs> As in, if your leg has been hurting, you've been having migraines, why can't the word of God grow in your head so much and prevail over those migraines? Why can't the word of God grow over that leg and prevail? 
Another way you can grow, it's a seed, remember. The more you plant it and water it with prayer. You plant it and water it with prayer. Every day you read it. Every day you read it and you water it with prayer. When you read it, you pray. When you read it, you pray. I'm watering the word of God. It is, this word is growing in me. It's growing in me. It's growing in me. And as it grows, it prevails over that body. Are you listening? Yeah. The word of God can prevail even over your academics. It can prevail over everything. It can prevail. There is, there is no limitation to the word of God. Don't limit the word of God. Don't limit it to anything. Now, let me show you one thing that you must do, you must do with the word of God. Ooh, someone say glory. glory. Someone say glory. glory. Jeremiah chapter number 23. Jeremiah 23 verse 29. Jeremiah chapter number 23 verse 29. Ooh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 23 verse 29. The Bible says, are we there? Jeremiah chapter number 23 verse 29. Jeremiah chapter number 23, verse 29. The Bible says, Is not my word like a fire? Hallelujah. Say, Is not my word like a fire? God is asking, Is not, is not my word like a fire? Now, what happens with fire? It burns. Fire burns. If, if it doesn't burn, it doesn't fire. <laughs> if it didn't burn, in other words, if there are certain conditions that need to be burnt out, don't, don't, see, shouting Holy Ghost fire and getting the word and burning are two different things. <laughs> one without Holy Ghost fire because even, uh, even an unbeliever can say, can, say, can say Holy Ghost fire but you, if you get the word of God say, I consume this condition with the word of God I, I, I burn it with God's word the word of God is fire I burn <laughs> you, as you, you, you can declare say, I, I, burn, I, I burn this this virus in my body with the word of God you declare because God's word is like a fire now you are using God's words how are you listening and then it goes on to say, <laughs> yeah. and it says, uh, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces. Mm. Think about it. God's word is compared to a hammer. Now, a hammer, when it's on the ground, it's of no use to do nothing. What do you do with a hammer? You get it and hit. Are you together? You get it and you hit. So if you don't carry the word of God and begin to apply it like a hammer, what needs to be broken won't be broken. Mm. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I say, look, when, if God wants to do anything in your life, what do you do? He will give you his word. So he will deliver the hammer in your hands and say, break. If right now you are told to break this whole room, uh, this, this, this whole room down with a hammer, very big hammer you've, you've been given, you have all the strength to, to do it. And someone comes back after an hour, you're seated. You're, seated there, you're still seated, you haven't done anything. They ask, what I, what, why haven't you broken? Ah, I don't know how to use this thing. It will be amazing. <laughs> you do nothing, right? Everything will remain the same, right? Yes. But a person who will get it and break it, there will be results. <laughs> there will be results. And can I tell you something about, about using the word of God like a hammer? When you, if you've ever used a hammer before, you will know that if you are hitting something, sometimes you have to hit it more than once. You get it, right? You have to hit it more than once sometimes. Sometimes you have to hit it more than 10 times. For some, depending on the magnitude. So if you're using the word of God like a hammer, it means there are times you have to apply the same scripture over yourself more than once. If it means you have to go, you have to go for it 10 times, 20 times, go for it. Don't after, after two times, ah, me, God doesn't hear me. No, pastor said, but, but uh, uh, the question is, are you using the word of God like a hammer? Are you using the word of God like a fire? Rise to your feet. Have you enjoyed the word of God? Have you enjoyed the word of God? Yes. I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes. Lift your hands and close your eyes. I want you to make a prayer. 
Pray to God. And I want to hear you pray as you pray. Pray to the Lord. <laughs> I want you to declare that the word of God is working in me. <laughs> God's word is working in me. You declare that it is prevailing over my mind. God's word is prevailing over my flesh. The word of God prevails over my system. The word of God prevails in my blood. It prevails in my business. It prevails in, my, in every area, in my family. It prevails. Almighty, so the glory of God.